0: I just want to say thank you one last time uh, because I appreciate this church and love you and I know you love us and I'm thankful we have a good church to go to and worship God and what makes the church good, it ain't the people is it, it's the presence of God but he helps us all doesn't he and I know this is a wonderful place and I thank God for it Mark chapter number 10 and verse number 23 The Bible says, And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And The disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure saying among themselves who then can be saved. And Jesus looking upon them saith with men it is impossible but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Father I pray this morning in Jesus name that you would help us. Thank you for your presence in Sunday school. For your presence during the singing. The opportunity to give this morning. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Please give us liberty. Help us to say only what you would have us to say. Lord, my burden this morning is that some sinner would, would walk the aisle and be saved. I pray you would put them under conviction right now. May they see their lost condition and get born in the family of God. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to consider this morning the account preceding our text this morning I am not going to preach from verses 17 down to verse number 22 but I do want to mention the story that I know that if you're a Bible reader you're familiar with it this morning but the rich young ruler he comes to Jesus and it's interesting in verse 17 that he comes to the right place and he comes to the right person and he comes for the right purpose he kneels down to and asks the question what shall I do to inherit eternal life and so we see that this man is seeking in verse number 17 and then in verse number 20 he mentions that he has been serving as Jesus gives a list in verse number 19 of things he said thou knowest the commandments do not commit adultery do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness do not honor do not fraud and and honor thy father and mother and this young man answers and he says all these things uh, he says I've done from my youth and so here's a young man that is not only seeking but he is serving he's been very religious in his activity but when you come to verse number 22 just prior to our text here uh, we see his sadness as the Bible said that he was sad at that saying so the question is what was the saying that, that made this young man so sad well in verse 21 Jesus said one thing thou lackest go thy way sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me and this young man was grieved. He was saddened because the Bible says for he had great possessions. When we come to that text this morning, I said all that because that is the, the outset of what this sermon, that, that Jesus is about to preach to them. Young man has walked away. He is saddened because he was very rich and, and Jesus told him to sell everything that he has and, and give it to the poor and take up his cross and, and follow him. And so when we come to our text this morning in verse 23, I want you to see the announcement that Jesus is going to make as he walks away. Then Jesus looked round about and said, him to his disciple how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God so Jesus turns as this man is walking away and he makes this announcement no doubt this young man could have heard that announcement and then we see their astonishment in verse 24 and the disciples were astonished At his words. I mean, when they heard what Jesus said, it absolutely blew their mind. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? and so we see the announcement we see the astonishment then in verse 25 Jesus gives an allegory here as he says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God now some people believe that the eye of the needle that was a little gate there in Jerusalem and some people believe that Jesus is referring to that but I personally do not believe that Christ is referring to that I wouldn't argue the point with someone but the reason I don't believe that is because that was possible. It would be possible for someone to walk through that gate. But when you look at verse 27, Jesus says with me on, it is impossible. He's drawing out a conclusion. He is bringing them to a point here. And so he gives the allegory. I think he's literally talking about a sewing needle. That it would be easier for someone to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't just say this, but one time in verse number uh, number 23, but he says it a second time in verse number 24, and then he says it a third time in verse number 25. Now, anytime God repeats himself, we ought to pay attention, amen? And so we see the allegory. Notice the amazement in verse 26. The Bible says, and they were astonished, look at this, out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? I want to preach a few minutes this morning from verse number 24 and verse number 26 on the sermon that shocked them all. I mean, if there was ever a sermon that Jesus preached that got their attention and blew their mind, it was this sermon right here. The Bible says they were astonished at his words in verse 24. But Jesus doesn't back down. He repeats it as I said again in verse 24. Again in verse number 25. And by the time you get to verse number 26, he has just delivered a sermon that has shocked them all. I'll tell you, that's the kind of preaching we need in this hour. We need some preaching that will rattle our cage. That will get our attention. That will knock us out of our comfort zone. That will awaken us spiritually and alert us spiritually this morning and Jesus is taking this young man he is taking his life he is taking his his testimony in their very presence and is using it as an illustration to drive home an important principle and truth in their life. You know God doesn't want to but he will make an example of all of us if he has to. And I want you to notice the answer this morning. And Jesus looking upon them. In verse 23, the Bible says he looked round about. But now in verse 27, he has fastened his eyes upon them. And he's going to give them an answer. And I want to say this morning, I love verse 27. In fact, every time I read it, it thrills my soul. And I've always wanted to preach from this verse here. And I'm going to preach from it this morning for a few moments because there is three things that is mentioned in this verse concerning the answer that Christ gives that He's going to answer the question or should I say He's going to answer the sermon that has shocked every one of them as He's talking about how hard it is concerning those that have riches. And I want you to notice in verse 24 that Jesus does not say that rich people cannot be saved but he says in verse 24 children how hard is it for them notice this that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God a rich man can be saved just as quick and just as easy as what a poor man can and I can refer to Luke chapter 19 when Zacchaeus come out of that sycamore tree and my friend was saved that day the Bible says he was a publican and that he was rich amen I'm telling you Zacchaeus was up in that sycamore tree. Uh, he is a lost man. He is a rich man. Uh, but when he come down uh, that tree and met Jesus, he found something that riches could not buy. And the reason he got born in the family of God uh, is because he come to the end of himself uh, and he found out that trusting in riches uh, will only leave you empty and miserable and it cannot do anything for you. Uh, but when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from us to abide at your house today, you know what he did? Uh, he abandoned all of his riches. Uh, he abandoned his reputation he abandoned his pride uh, and he obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and was born in the family of God hallelujah and this morning I'm talking about the sermon that shocked them all you say why is that I think it was because of the plainness in the answer look at verse number 27 and Jesus looking upon them saith notice this first phrase with men it is impossible What is Christ saying? Why is Jesus driving home the the point in verse 23 and verse 24 and again verse 25? Why does he keep saying to them, how hardly shall a rich man be saved? How hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven? Why does he keep driving that point home? I'm going to tell you why this morning. Because he wants them to understand that my friend, the riches of this world cannot buy you, my friend, peace and eternity. He cannot buy you eternity eternal life. He wants them to understand that it's not money and it's not material and it's not even man. He said for with men it is impossible. I'm telling you my friend it is impossible my friend for riches to save it's impossible for riches to deliver it's impossible for riches to rescue. Riches will fail and riches will fade and riches will be forgotten and riches will flee away. They cannot bring you salvation. They cannot they cannot bring you peace. Uh, they cannot bring you hope. Uh, the more you have, the more you're going to need. Uh, uh, riches, my friend, are only temporal. They're not eternal. Right. And there are those that trust in riches this morning. I like the plainness in verse 27. For with men it is impossible. This world needs a plain gospel. A clear presentation preaching needs to be practical it needs to be plain it needs to be clear uh, so that every man woman boy and girl can understand this morning Ephesians 2 in verse not of works uh, lest any men should boast that's pretty simple this morning isn't it Acts 4 in verse 12 said neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must uh, be saved uh, uh, John chapter 3 Jesus looked uh, at Nicodemus and said the wind blow it where it listeners and thou hears the sound thereof but cannot tell whether it cometh or whether it goeth so is one that is born of the spirit he said that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit he said marvel not that I say unto thee ye must it is a must this morning ye must be born again amen you gotta be saved this morning. If you're gonna go to heaven, amen. David said in Psalms 55, In sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 5 and verse 12 said, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into this world, and death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Romans 6 and verse 23 said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10 and verse 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with a heart man believeth unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation verse 13 said for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved John 5 and verse 24 Jesus said verily verily I say unto thee he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but it's passed from death unto life. It is plain. It is simple. It is understood this morning. Amen. The gospel is not hard to hear. It is not hard to understand. There's nothing complicated about being saved this morning. I'm here to tell you today that Bible said in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 7, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants to save everybody. He wants to save everyone. You can be saved if you're willing to come by way of the cross and the shed blood of Calvary. You don't have to go to hell. You can be born again this morning. I like the plainness in the answer with men it's impossible I'm telling you this morning Muhammad cannot save anyone Confucius has never saved anyone Joseph Smith has never brought anyone to eternal life this morning the Pope cannot forgive any sins. It's all man-made religion that will send you to hell. And religion will send you to hell just as quick as alcohol, just as quick as any other sin you can think of this morning. Uh, I'm here to tell you Romans 5. And verse 8 said, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, uh, uh, Christ died for us. Amen. Verse 1 of that same chapter said, Therefore being justified by faith, uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, uh, by whom also we have access by faith uh, into this grace wherein we stand. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, if you're gonna be justified, you gotta be blood washed, uh, or you gotta be born again. Uh, The plainness of the answer is this. You cannot save yourself. The preacher can't save you. Your parents can't save you. Your good works can't save you. Water baptism won't save you. That thief never got baptized, but he sure got saved. Hey Maya and the Bible said he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but the, I'm going to tell you the water dogs never need read the next verse do they but he that believeth not shall be condemned you got to read the whole passage amen I'm telling you what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood whole oh, crimson is now flow that wash me whiter than snow I say thank God for the blood thank God for Calvary thank God for Jesus I thank God for saving power and washes away our sins. Hallelujah. Praise God this morning. It's so simple that I'm telling you a child can understand it. I read this morning and wrote a little sermon out of verse number 14 where Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Christ never turned anyone away, did he? Red, yellow, black, or white, they're all precious in his sight young and old, rich and poor, free, bond and free, uh, wise and unwise, educated and uneducated. It makes no difference this morning. Calvary's blood covers it all. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, Whosoever will, let him come uh, and take of the water of life freely this morning. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. uh, And he that hath no money, come ye. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Uh, I'm here to tell you the Lord's hand. The says, said in Isaiah 59, his hand is not shortened that he cannot say. And his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. I'm telling you this morning, if you'll call, he'll answer this morning. And there's the plainness in this answer. And then there's the power in this answer. With men, it's just impossible. But I like this next phrase. But not with God. (laughs) Don't you like that this morning? With men, it's impossible. But not with God. I want to tell you this morning that means there's no limit with God. There's no losses with God. There's no lacking with God. Man is limited, but not God. This morning. Men may fail, but God will not fail. Men, my friend, will come up short, but God will never come up short. Men can't, but God always can. Men are helpless, but God is never helpless. Men are hopeless, but God offers us nothing but hope. Men, my friend, will forget you, but God will not forget his own. I'm telling you this morning, men cannot rescue, but God can rescue any sinner, every sinner. My friend, when I think about the power in this little verse, with men it is impossible but not with God I mean say no more this morning it doesn't matter how far you've gone it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter how ruined and wrecked your life is you may be too far gone for men but you're not too far gone for God man may not be able to change you and man may not be able to reach you but God can reach further down than what you and I can ever reach up he can pull us out of the muck he can take us out of the mire he can lift us out of pit he can bring us out of the dung hills of this old sinful world and he can set our feet on a solid rock the power of God it is mighty to save this morning God's got enough power to save everybody he's got enough power to save every nation Every generation. He can save every sinner. He can save, my friend, the wickedest of the wickedest. He can save the vilest of the vilest. He can save them, on, save them on skid row. He can save them on death row. He can save them on a church row. It doesn't matter, my friend, if you come out of a ditch or you come out of a bar stool or you come out of a Sunday school class. There's no sinner too big. And what God cannot save them for where sin doth about. Thank God. a grace. Does much more abound, amen. The level of grace and the level of sin is not even close. The sin debt was heavy and it was great. The sin of all fallen humanity in Adam's race from the beginning of time, beginning with Adam, all the way to the last sinner that'll ever be birthed into this world. The surmounting mountain of sins that men has committed down through the ages is far more than what our minds could ever comprehend and our vocabulary could ever express. I'm here to tell you this morning, as big as the mountain of sin is, the mountain of grace supersedes so far. It goes beyond what you and I could ever comprehend. It is so vast. It is so large. The reservoir of grace... That there is no end to it. uh, That even when this life is over in the ages to come, uh, God is going to turn another page uh, of another chapter in the grace of God uh, that we have never seen. Uh, Why is that? That's the power of God, Uh, it's the power of grace, uh, and it's greater far than our sins could ever be. I'm so thankful this morning that the Bible says He's the God of all grace. And then it said in James, he giveth more grace. Today, I want to tell you, sinner, no matter how lost in sin you may be, I see the power in this answer, but not with God. You might be here today and say, Brother Gravely, I just don't feel like that anybody could help me or or change me. And that may be true. You may be hopeless in your own eyes but not with God. You say, if you knew the awful things that I did, you'd never be able to forget them. That's probably true, but not with God. You say, if you knew how, how I have mistreated him and how, how wicked and ungodly I've been, then, then I, I, would, I would never want to see you again. That's true about me and it's true about you, but it's not with God. God knew every sin you'd ever commit before you ever came into this world. You don't have to be a Calvinist to believe that. God's foreknowledge, He knows the beginning and the end. And every time you see predestination, adoption, foreknowledge, and election in the Bible, you remember one thing it's never in reference to a sinner, it's always in reference to a saint. Read the Pauline epistles. Paul wasn't talking to sinners, he's talking to saints sure God knew everything on the morning of creation he has to know everything he's God if he didn't know everything he wouldn't be God I'll tell you what he did you say well God predetermined some things sure he did I'll tell you what he predetermined he predetermined Calvary amen he predetermined the lamb he foreknew as a sinner he foreknew there'd be a sacrifice and before the foundations of this world there stood a lamb that had already been slain in the mind of God but God gave you a will and God gave you choice and God made man a free moral agent to choose heaven or hell, life or death, Calvary or not I want to say this morning the power in this verse is that if you'll turn to God, nothing is impossible with God and I see this morning the plainness in this answer the power and then finally note this with me note the promise in the answer You know, if the verse only said with men it is impossible, but not with God, if that was a period, that would be enough to shout on. But there's more to the story. Jesus takes it a step further, and here's what he says. For with God, all things, y'all to circle that, are possible. I want to tell you this morning, the God we serve, he isn't just a God that can save. He's a God that can secure. You see, he didn't just save you from hell, but he did more than that. He didn't just pull you from the pit, but I tell you what he did. He promised you you'd never have to go back there. He didn't just bring you out of sin, but he gave you the ability to tell sin no and to conquer sin the rest of your life. You see, for with God, all things are possible. I think Paul believed that in Romans chapter 8 when he said, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul believed that. He believed the love of God was greater far than men and pen could ever tell. He believed just like the songwriter said it reached far beyond the highest star and it reached to the lowest hell. here to tell you this morning uh, that the promise uh, is that he didn't just save us uh, but thank God he secured us. Uh, the only thing better than being saved uh, is knowing that you're eternally saved uh, and that your salvation will never be lost uh, because it's not in your hand. Uh, it's in the hand of the one uh, uh, that saved you uh, and thank God forgave you. I used to read that verse where Jesus said, In John chapter 10 and verse 27 he said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. in a stranger they will not follow. He said, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. And he used to think of that phrase where he said, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now get your Baptist bread on your way out because I was a week late in putting it out. Somebody say amen right there. But I'm using this for an illustration. I used to read that verse, no man's able to pluck them out of my, my hand and my Father's hand. I used to read it like this. Well, this is me and you, and I'm in His hand, in the hand of Christ. And then His hand is in the Father's hand. That's how I used to read and think of that verse. But it's not the way it really means. Because if that was true, there would be, you know... I used to have, I get, he, he's in heaven now, but he used to have a good friend. He, he believed you could lose your salvation. I believe he's saved. I believe he could have enjoyed it a lot more. That's what we used to rag each other all the time. And he said, well, you're, you're that once saved, always saved. I said, no, you never hear me say that. I said, I believe in eternal salvation, everlasting life. But I'm not going to use that phrase because it's been so abused. But I believe in Bible phrases, don't you? I believe everlasting is everlasting, don't you? And if it was like that, there could be a possibility somebody might pry it out or he might accidentally drop it, I reckon. But you know, in my hand, I've used this several times, there's a piece of lead right there where when I was in fourth grade, I was aggravating a girl and she taught me a valuable lesson. She took a pencil and I was yanking her hair and her hand was laying there and she just turned around and she just stabbed it. She put that pen and pencil in my hand, looked at me and smiled, and went click. (laughs) And broke it in there. (laughs) And you know what? I can walk around free handed all day long, but that lead is still in that hand. It's in there. It's in the hand. Hey, I can shake a hundred hands, but you're not getting it out. You know why? Because it's in the hand. It's not like this, it's not in the grip. Friend, it's in the hand. And I'm going to tell you, we're in Christ. Colossians chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, what Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And the Bible says, uh, the Bible says that there that that we are hid in Christ in God. Is that not what it said? We're hid in Christ in God. Hey, we're in His hand, uh, and he is in the in the Father's hand. That's why He said, I and my Father are one. They're one. Amen. He said, if You've seen me. You've seen the Father. You see, Jesus, God is a spirit. Uh, uh, but when Jesus came, uh, God poured all the fullness of who He is in the personality of His and Jesus when he came he was a personified God you could look upon him he said if you've seen me you've seen God he's in me and I'm in him and thank God we're in Christ this morning and Christ is in God the hope of glory I'm saying this morning that we are secure thank God with God all things are possible you say explain that preacher I just did the best I could I can tell you with God all things Spirituality is possible. I'm glad He didn't leave us where He found us. Thank God you can walk with Him. Isn't it good to be saved, but isn't it good to be in fellowship with God? Hey, when you get saved, that's that relationship, that father, that son. But there's something even as good as relationship and that's fellowship, amen. Hey, you know what you do? You you have your family over. You have them around the table and you sit around and you talk and you fellowship. You know why? Because you enjoy each other's company. You love each other. So you fellowship around the table and you do it over and over and over again. That bond of love is what brings you together when makes that fellowship it's so sweet and the more you love each other someone the more you want to fellowship with them I'm going to tell you that's the way it is with God listen it's one thing that we would even want to fellowship with God I can understand that but I tell you what blows my mind is that God would want to fellowship with somebody like me and that God would want to fellowship with somebody like you and the truth of the text is God made it possible so that we could walk with him but he made it possible so that he could walk with us and who would ever think Think that God would even want to walk with us. Amen. Isn't it amazing that He gave us this book? I sung that song about the Bible the other night. Just makes you appreciate this book, don't it? When you think about it, that God gave us a book so that every day we could fellowship with Him. We could read our Bible and hear from Him. We could pray and talk back to God. This morning he made all things possible spirituality is possible you're as close to God I'm as close to God as I want to be this morning you can't blame it on circumstances in life we can't blame it on the church we we can't blame it on people I'm telling you if we're backslid it's because we choose to be if we're not close to God it's because we neglect his presence Uh, he's not standing there with his arms outstretched uh, pushing us away the truth is God is more interested in walking with us many times than what we are with him he's never too busy to fellowship Uh, Oftentimes it's us that overloads our schedule and my friend we make the, the greatest thing become the last thing in life I'm saying this morning if you want to walk with God pick up your Bible get along with God somewhere He'll not turn you away all things are possible you can be as close to God as you want to be this morning are you close to Him the promise in this verse for with God all things are possible in salvation and security spirituality and then notice this here in supply isn't it amazing that the same God the one God, the only God takes care of all of us I mean he's fed every one of us this week how would you like to have to feed this church every week y'all know how bad this can eat God feeds every one of us and he feeds the birds and He feeds all the animals. And He feeds lost humanity. He clothes the grass of the fields. God takes care of this world. He takes care of everything in and of it. And in the midst of all of that, we're not even a speck of dirt in this world. It take, take the all-seeing eye to even see us from, from where He's at, but He sees us so clearly. And He can be touched with the very feeling of all of our infirmities this morning. He knows my heartache. He knows your heartache. He knows my problems. He knows your pro- He knows our burdens this morning. And yet God not only cares, but God supplies. He supplies everything we need mentally. Well, that's a lot, isn't it? You may not have much of a mind, but it takes a lot to supply the need of the mind, doesn't it? God supplies every mental need. He supplies every emotional. Your emotions get the least bit out of whack. You can run to God. If it's peace, He can give you peace. If it's sorrow, He can give you joy. He can supply every emotional need, every mental need. He can supply every physical need. In this room, He knows every heartbeat, every breath that's being thrown right now. He knows every hair that's on every head. Hey, He knows every hair, hair missing every head. He knows every molecule, every cell in our bodies. Millions. In one body, but God knows every single cell, where they're at, where they're moving right now. He knows everything about us. Our intents, our thought pattern, every thought running through every mind right now, God knows every single one of them. And then, He knows all our spiritual needs. And it's not just what He knows, but it's what He's able to supply. Somebody in this room probably needs to be saved. He can save you this morning. Somebody in this room may be discouraged and you need to be encouraged. He can encourage you this morning. This morning there may be somebody here that you're battling bitterness. He can take away all the bitterness. This morning, it matters not what the need is. God's not only able to supply some, He's able to supply for with God all things. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that every need you have in your life this morning No matter what it is, God's able to supply it. You know, God answered a prayer for me the other day that I did not pray, but somebody in this room prayed for me. And yesterday I was thinking about that. I thought, Lord, I didn't pray that prayer. I may have prayed it, but if I did, I didn't pray it in faith. If I even prayed it. But somebody prayed this for me. And I know who that is. And God answered that prayer. I think too many times we cheat ourselves. Because we forget what Jesus said. With men it's impossible. But not with God. For with God. For with God. All things are possible. I don't care how wicked that prodigal is. They're not too far gone that God can't bring them home. Oh, preacher, they've been out in sin a long time, and it seems like the harder I try, the worse they get. Yeah, but God knows every footstep they've trotted on this earth. You keep sending them prayers up. You say, well, it just looks impossible. It is from where you're looking at it. But with God, all things, all things are possible. At lost loved one, all things are possible. That great burden that's had you bound so deep. Oh, you put it in his lap this morning because for with God all things. They're possible this morning. The impossible. Let me ask you one question while she comes and gets us something on the piano while they get us a song ready. Let me ask you one question this morning. A simple question. And you don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. Just answer it in your heart. Have you ever seen God... Do the impossible in your life? Think about that. Has there ever been something that was beyond your reach that you could not do and no one could help you do it? It was beyond you and it was beyond anyone else. But God, you saw Him do the impossible. Well, if you saw Him do it once, I promise you, He can do it again and again and again. And if you've been saved, you saw him do the impossible. Because no man can save you this morning as we stand. If you're lost, why don't you come and get saved? If you're heavy hearted, why don't you come this morning and tell it to Jesus? You don't have to tell me anything, thank God. But you can tell the Lord everything.